I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Hello again, friends. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson, and joining me on the other line, because we can never just do things right the first time, it's Caitlin McKinnon. Hi, everyone. It's me. (laughs) It's Kate McKinnon, everybody. It's Kate McKinnon. Everybody, stop. Don't open the champagne. You've got it ready. You're ready to pop them bottles. No. Just stop. Just stop. Just put a pause on it. Put it back on ice. We had some hiccups. There were some hiccups. This is not episode 100. Just put that out there right now. This is not hashtag geek down 100. It is not. We had some, there were some uh, appointments, some issues, not the least of which the fact that it is fucking freezing. It is so cold right now. The Toronto and greater Hamilton area this weekend. Is Hamilton so any better? It's like it's like negative eighteen right now. I think in Toronto. Um, I actually have no idea what the weather is like because I'm going to try and not go outside as much as possible. Oh, I have not um, left I... my house at all. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I didn't even look at the weather because I was like, I'm not going outside. I don't need to know what the weather's like. Um, it is a balmy twenty degrees inside of the house. I know that. Oh ho. Oh ho. Um, but outside of the house, um. It's probably, I don't think it, I don't know. When I travel from Hamilton to Toronto, usually every week uh, to record the podcast, I always find that in Hamilton, it's way warmer. It's Mm. like coat open, uh, scarf in my bag, don't need a hat. When I get to Toronto, it's fucking freezing. So it's something about like the wind tunnels and the lake effect and The lake effect probably primarily, yes. and, And more wind tunnels. Toronto's got lots of those in my mind. Um, <laughs> so it's, it like cools the whole city. Anyways, it's way colder in Toronto. So I'm just going to guess that it's probably colder in Toronto at the moment. If you, um, you want to know but, how cold it is in Toronto right now. Okay, listen. When I lived in Kingston, Ontario for a year, which is like two hours northeast of Toronto. Um, I lived there for a year. Wicked cold. And... For Christmas that year, my parents had got me, uh, it's from the Gap, but it's like this freaking Mountaineer's parka. Like, right. It has all the pockets and straps and bands and shit and a hood that can literally like encapsulate your entire head like twice. <laughs> like, it's huge. And it is ridiculous. It is the most ridiculous coat I own. But right. it's freaking warm. But, yes. So when you see me out in these streets with the ridiculous parka on, you know it's cold because I look stupid, but I can at least survive. It has been ridiculous parka season in Toronto this week. And I have taken to wearing layers under my my pants. Say, so, do, you, do you have a proper winter coat? Yeah. Do I have to play dad with you right now? I don't know that I've ever seen you in a proper winter coat. Yeah, it's downfilled. It's it's my coat. All right. I like love it's the coat that keeps me warm, but. But I've taken to wearing layers because I am, I don't know why, I'm like an iguana. I just like immediately when it gets cold, I like slow down <laughs> and like can't cold do anything. <laughs> um, so I wear 
layers under my pants because jeans are not protective enough against this cold weather. Even still, I'm I've taken to wearing like two layers of tights under my pants. That's how cold it is. Oh, I got. And some. even then, I'm like rushing from the door, like the house door to the car door. Like I'm like I can't be exposed for too long. I got some uh, some basically like. They're like track pants, like athletic pants for Christmas. Yeah. Cause I just asked for like, you know, comfy around the house pants and they are lined, but like not very, not okay. very thick at all. And, right. you know, I was already making the joke that like, I'm only ever wearing these to work. That's it. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm turning the corner. Like, this is it. Right. I'm just going to be jogging pants at work guy. Like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> but that is like, still like the ridiculous Parker comes down to about mid thigh. And then, you know, I've got the, I've got the Tim's on the feet. But that yeah. means like you know, mid th- mid calf to like mid thigh is exposed, and it's just like shoom, just like fucking daggers through you. It's like, yeah. why do we live here? Anyway, it is super cold, y'all. Nobody yeah, is. is leaving their house this weekend. I was originally going to go to Hamilton maybe this weekend because I had the extra time off, and I was like, it's going to be so cold. And Kate was like, I don't want you traveling in that, and I was like, dummy, I don't want you traveling in that either. So uh, we got to do Skype. Uh, yeah, Skype, which we know I hate. Um, but hey, you know what? We, we, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. But for yeah, those reasons, this is not episode 100. Consider this like episode 99.635 and a half colon chain of memories <laughs> slash, I don't know. I don't know. I had, I had said 99 and three quarters. That's me just repping the uh, Harry Potter fandoms, but sorry. <laughs> the joke is episode 100 will come out before Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> uh, definitely. <laughs> we we definitely. promise you. If you're new to this promise. endeavor, think of it this way. You have now an extra week to get caught up on everything that has gone into episode 100. You know you can do that, yeah. Kate? You know you can do that? Yeah. Go How Sound- can you do that? <laughs> you go to SoundCloud.com for the time being slash GeekDownPod. Give us a follow on there. All of our episodes live there, and you will get a notification every time a new one goes live. As well, as well, Kate. If you're like, it's too cold. I can't even move to do that. I just need to hunker down in this blanket burrito and not do anything. Well, you know what you can do? While you are at SoundCloud, you can tap your screen with your nose. (gasps) When you see a button that says subscribe, and it's going to take you to Apple Podcasts. And what can you do at Apple Podcasts? You can tap with your nose a four or five star rating. That would be nice of you. Ooh. start the year off right but what you probably want to do more is tap that subscribe button on apple podcast with your nose because after that that is it and someone who doesn't mind the cold someone who dare i say thrives in it <gasps> who's this sir chauncey frostilicus the third llb certified personal trainer project manager bam. bam he's like he's out there no shirt he's just surfing he's just whatever y'all want you want these episodes of the geek down i live for this shit he's just out there frosty Hardened nipples just cutting through the air, <laughs> just throwing episodes of the geek down out into your ear hole. It's what he lives to do. It's what he loves to do. Amazing. 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 <laughs> just, I am, I am uh, like a glow with um, his love from afar. <laughs> Let Chauncey's nipples do the work that you don't want to. <laughs> yes, I don't want to do anything. Chauncey's nipples, 2K18. <laughs> Starting start the starting the year off right, Jesus Christ! Oh, good times. How was your yeah. holiday, Caitlin? It was fine until I got sick again. 
Caitlin is so sick all the time. I had to go, I had to go back to the hospital. But hey, not going to get into details, listeners, unless she feels like it later. But uh, we kind of know what it is now. Yeah, which is good. I mean, it's, you know. You're not like going to die. Say, I'm not going to die. It's hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. It's not, <laughs> it's not life-threatening. It's just very, well, as they very say, painful. Jordan, though, hmm. As they say, we're all dying all the time. <laughs> just let, let's keep your, you know, trot towards death at a reasonable, you know, at a slow pace. At a slow, just like my iguana lizard heart, right? Yes. Like, just slow it right down. Thrives. Thrives in these chilly environs. Just slows your imminent progression towards oblivion. Yeah. Well, my holidays back at the homestead, so boring. That's good. So amazingly, wonderfully, incredibly boring. Yep, that sounds all right. <laughs> although... Although. Oh no! Oh, let's get some. You you want some parental anecdotes, friends? Of course they do. You want some anecdotes of what it's like to go back and visit, spend that much time with your family? Um, because as I said before, I left before we left for hiatus. Uh, Happy New Year, listeners! By the way, I'm I'm late in giving you tidings. As established before we left, it was uh, in laws' year for a lot of my friends. Yes, they were going to be. They were going to be gone. Mister Malosh, poof, gone. Visiting the in-laws this year. Got a quick, quick visit with him uh, and the child and uh, my friend Doc. Kind of amalgamated everybody into one visit on the Friday I got down, which was like the twenty-third of December. Uh, had to dance with a toddler. He demanded it. <gasps> th- toddler dancing sounds amazing. I, thought I could just kind of vibe from the chair. Nope, he was shoes was not having it. <laughs> She was dragging me out into the middle of the living room to tap my feet and spin in a circle. And Oh my god, is like, there a video of this? No, there is not. There is <laughs> there is one photo there's one photo of the moment he dragged me onto the floor to read to him, um, which, you know, held his interest for about fifteen seconds before he ran off and did something else. And I was like, Really, motherfucker? I'm like on the floor now. <laughs> Can't get up. My turtle, my fucking turtle ass isn't getting up for another forty five minutes. What the hell? <laughs> um, so, but th- like that was it. That was my social outing. Actually, no, I did have an outing with my friend Glenn uh, later in the week, which was a very nice surprise. Because um, I don't. Maybe my friends who end up getting married and having kids and families think I'm rude, but I always defer to them. I don't have children. I don't have a wife. Like. If you ask me where we want to go, I'm going to be like, you know, wherever you want to go, homie. Like, whatever you have time for. I don't know how much time you have. As it turned out, Glenn had dropped the kids off, and his wife was at work till 5, so he had shit to do. So we just tons of time. So we just went to a Starbucks in the small town between Windsor and uh, the town I grew up in, and which was not a... It's like, oh, you want to go to Starbucks here? I'm like, I didn't expect here to ever have a Starbucks, but okay, let's go there. Um and just yeah, chatted chatted about dumb shit and Star Wars and nerd stuff and, and all that all that good time. So good hangs good hangs with Glenn. But the 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 real interesting um, le- I'll lead with this. I'm going to die soon because um, my father wait, wait. eats. Wait, sir. Sorry, sorry. We need to hold on. Huh. We just talked about my slow approach to death. Mine has been exciting. Yours is. Okay. All right. Okay. Go. Just, just so I have got this noted down, right? Because my father eats 
all the time. <laughs> right? All the time. Now, it's actually a discussion we've been having around work. We're just in general. Like, we've all have noticed that we are mad hungry all the time lately. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a two-luncher at work for the first time, like, ever. What? Where you, like, eat on both your breaks. Oh, man. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's normal for you. But for me, it's like, no. The first break is you have your lunch lunch. And then second break, maybe a snack. But usually, like, nothing. Usually, like, you know, a, a drink or a coffee or something. Yeah. And that's it. But I've just been, like, fucking famished all the time. <laughs> and some people around work are positing that because it's the winter, you know, metabolism speeds up. And, yes, you do get – people do get hungrier in the cold because my coworkers are having the same sensation. Oh, yeah. And they well, just, like, it's also the whole, like, wanting to put on pounds to hibernate. I guess. But, like, seriously. Anyway. Um, so um, because I grew up in a border town. There is a service provided in Detroit called Detroit Mailbox. And it's basically just a mail forwarding service. Because if you try to buy something on Amazon, you're going to get ding for duty, this, that, and the other, you know, whatever. It's going to be awful. And a lot of stuff, places don't ship to um, internationally. So what you can do is you can use Detroit Mailbox as your American mailing address, send the shit there, you give them five bucks for their trouble, and, you know, pick the thing up. So my dad was making a quick run on one of the days, the Saturday I was down or something. And initially he was just going to go by himself. And he asked me if I wanted to go. And I was like, I don't, I don't have any reason to go. Like, and then you start thinking, well, what else am I going to do? I'm going to hang around here and like do nothing. So, okay, fine. I'll go for the drive. So go, go with my dad, go with my dad to Detroit mailbox, quick jump to Detroit, snap a couple of photos for Instagram, whatever. Um, go pick up the thing like uh, literally there and back this is how a lot of like windsor and area works where they just treat detroit as like a suburb like right it's, it's crossing an international you know border but it's still like just like literally you talk to customs and it's like how long were you gone for like 25 minutes <laughs> um, i think that's kind of amazing actually but it, it has its place but i mean i hear it from people back home in windsor all the time where it's like Oh, Toronto's terrible. It's like Toronto has everything. It's like Detroit has lots of stuff. It's like, yeah, I don't want to like have to deal with customs and a long ass line in a tunnel every time I want to go over. Anyway. It's a different country, you know. Yeah. Be that as it may. Um we'll come back and my dad <laughs> my dad wants to go to Wendy's. Okay. Because like listen, my mom doesn't eat a lot of the stuff. She either can't for health and dietary reasons or uh doesn't like it. Um so he's out he's out with me. He's like, oh, man, you, you hungry? You want Wendy's? I'm like, sure, Dad. Let's go to Wendy's. Um, and we're oh. in line, and it's like he really wants his mushroom melt. And <laughs> the cashier is like, do you want the single or the double? And I don't even have sit on my lips before my father's going, oh, the double. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. All right. So I have this, like, you know, two patty mushroom melt thing, you know, what have you. This is at, like, three in the afternoon. Right. Um, and then he, he wants to go witness the chaos at the mall. Cause I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It was the 23rd. It was like two days before, for Christmas. He wants to go. So like, basically you just want to see people like try and run other people over. Yeah. My dad just, wants to, dad just wants to, that just wants to see, just wants to see the chaos. Um, but at the mall, when there's Devonshire mall, they've been doing construction cause you know, the Zellers became a target. I'm real regional international listeners. I'm sorry, but, uh, <laughs> The Zellers became a target, and then they were turning the target into a metro. Um, 
And so they've been doing all this construction, which means that like some of the access routes in the parking lot have been blocked off. So the parking lot my dad goes into basically has one exit, one entrance and one exit. And the like stress of not finding a parking spot. Granted, there were many parking spots. I don't know what he was, what his issue was, <laughs> um, why he didn't like any of them. <laughs> but he finds he's older and he has like a particular thing in his mind yes. of what he wanted for his parking spot. <laughs> and he finally makes his way out back to the exit of this one area of the parking spot, parking lot kind of zips around to another side. And now he's like exiting. I'm like, well, what? We're not even going. No, it's just too crazy. It's bullshit. Like, I just spent 20 minutes with you <laughs> driving through a parking lot. Oh, we'll just go home. <laughs> All right. I don't know what that's about. Um, so we get home and by the time we get home, it's maybe four 30 half an hour later. So like five, he's hollering down. Hey, you want some waffles? Uh, the answer is always yes to waffles, well, by the way. Of course, the answer is always yes, Caitlin. So I said <laughs> yes. It ain't like a fucking short stack of waffles two hours after eating half a cow smothered in mushrooms. Uh. <laughs> and then I went upstairs and died, as I did on Christmas night, where after the turkey dinner, I basically did the same thing. and was like, fucking knock the hell out at like 9, 9 p.m. See, that really sounds wonderful to me. So I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> My God. Um... Someone buys me uh, something covered in mushrooms and then gives me waffles. This is like the best day ever. <laughs> there was one day. I don't remember what day it was, but it was like the second or le- second the day before I left. Maybe one or two days before I left. And a similar thing had happened where we had like he had brought something back or we'd eaten something. And then like a couple hours later, he's coming to me like, uh, are you hungry? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not. He's like, yeah, I'm not really that hungry either. I'm like, were you doing this for my sake? <laughs> Your fat son just yeah, wants to eat every sure, two hours. Like, they got they've got to make sure that you stay well fed and you know give you as much chance to get in uh, vitamins and minerals as possible, so you don't die of scurvy. Vitamins out in and Toronto. minerals, Jesus Christ! I lived in lived on fucking three coffees a day and cookies for half the day, like. See, he's just trying to make sure you also get all your fats, apparently. Apparently. And, you know, nutrients. So fat. Um, so that was the, the, the one aspect of life with the parents. The other aspect was just um, some years my parents do too much. Okay. And this was one of those years, I don't know, where they just decided that, like, well, he's really never going to give us any grandchildren or daughter-in-law, so let's just, you know, let's just go in on him, I guess. Um, so there were things that I had asked for that they they gave me. You know, the aforementioned pants, you know, sweater here and there. I asked for slippers because I'm nice. old and I really wanted some slippers for around, <laughs> for around the house. Something I could dip out in right quick to uh, if I had to take the garbage out, you know, just some slip-on type of things got those basically everything my parents have purchased me for christmas this year have like tangibly improved my life somehow and most amusingly i had asked for uh wireless earbuds you know, bluetooth earbuds okay. mostly yeah. for work because there is nothing more enraging when your job is slanging boxes and working in supply chain than having the cord to your earbuds catch on something and tear out of your ear 
Oh yeah, it sucks. You will just murder the first thing standing in front of you if someone happens to be there when it happens. So normally when I give my parents a gift request of like anything electronic, I like, what am I, Caitlin? What, what do you mean? What are you? <laughs> How do I approach gathering information? Um, like a detective? <laughs> How, am, am, am I a shallow investigator or... Oh no! You go in in real deep. In real deep, like deep, deep dive. Like if it was, if it was, say, um, some kind of person who had committed a crime, you'd know like the name of their childhood best friend, even though it has nothing to do with <laughs> the case at all, and like what their favorite uh, snack at school was. You know that kind of deep. Listen, it might be relevant. Uh, I did not have time for this level of investigation when I made this request. And I just wanted to right. make it easy on my parents if this is if this was something they were considering. And you know, my mom kept messaging me. And it's like, you know, do you, do you have any idea like which ones you want? Blah blah blah. And you know, I have it in my head that Beats by Dr. Dre too expensive, ridiculous, right. too expensive. But I kept seeing they have a new one out that is based on because Apple bought Beats and then they made a new model of the Beats earbuds that basically use a lot of the technology that are in there, like weird looking. Totally wireless buds. Have you seen those? Um, the ones that like have it almost looks like a little uh, apostrophe. Two, yeah, two separate little, little chunks of plastic that one in each ear, but there's nothing connecting yeah. them. True wireless, they yeah. call them, because there's not even a wire connecting the two of them. Um, a lot of the tech that went into those went into these, and I was seeing them kept coming up over and over in review, saying like, you know, these these are some of the best, blah blah blah. So I told my mom that, you know, here's what I would do: the beats keep because she'd asked outright. She's like, are beats good? I said, they're fine from what I gather, but they're, you know, it's 60% a name. So, here, I, but I keep seeing them in review. So here's what I would do. I would just Google cheap Beats X alternatives and go that route. It'll probably be fine. Cut to Christmas morning. There's one gift she will not hand me until the end. Uh-oh. And after she gives me like the card, which has, um, you know, a PlayStation store gift card and grocery gift cards that are not totaling an insubstantial amount. She hands me this one and I open it up and there's a pair of BTX wireless headphones. And I'm like, I'm going to kick you out your own fucking house. <laughs> um, as she said later though, they were on sale and she's just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is, that is kind of baby boomers for you. <laughs> she's, she's like, they were on sale and I don't have, I don't want to have to like, like this, you said they were fine. They were on sale. Whatever. I don't can't cut into Kath's. You know, use her name again. Can't cut into mom's busy schedule of you know lying in bed and reading. No, with such concerns. Prime. Just prime one, self time. One click ordering. Um, this is the point of the story. Isn't saying all that. The point of the story is like I now have wireless earbuds, and Grandpa is living in the future, and it's blowing his mind on a daily basis. <laughs> Okay, I do have a question. How the hell do they stay in your ear? Um, they do a good job as is, but they do have uh, what's called a, a wingtip, which is a little thing that will okay. uh, wedge in the cartilage of your ear. Okay. Alarmingly comfortably. They're so expensive, and I'm like, I would like turn my head and lose it down a sewer grate. Well, like, these <laughs> also are wired. Like, okay. They're basically like a string, and they have like a... I fucking read in the description. They have like, so we're sponsored by beats. Please, please sponsor us. Um, they have like some sort of like, you know, military grade carbon, something that like connects everything. And that goes around your neck as well. And they're magnetized. So when they're around your neck, they'll kind of 
stick together as well. So oh, you wear, so you, cool. wear, so you wear them like a necklace type of thing. Uh, as it happens, Dr. Dre makes a pretty good headphone. Wow. I'm low key cool. kind of loving these. And as well, I'm going to lose my phone because I'm going ah. to take my phone out, put it down and then walk away while I'm at work. Mm-hmm. Not notice that I don't have it on me because the music never stops. And never know where you've put it down. Yep. Oh, it's it's going to happen. It is um, going to happen. I also had a moment where I didn't know how Bluetooth works. <laughs> and I was at home and I was like tidying up a bit with the headphones in. And I'm like, yeah, I've been wearing, I wore them a lot at work. And, you know, they're kind of, you know, they're, they're comfortable. But, you know, you wear them after like essentially eight hours total. It's like you want a little break. Yeah. I was like, I'll play this. I'll play this on the speaker. Wait, can I connect them both to my phone at once? Oh, my God, I can. <laughs> I never had more than one device. I never had to try before. Oh man, this is amazing! I'm like, oh my god, I can I, just switch from the headphones, headphones to speaker, speaker to headphones, speaker to headphones. Okay, so I know for a fact that one of our fans, Travis, <laughs> is having a field day laughing at you right now. Oh, I know he is. I guarantee he is. He loves when Grandpa, when Grandpa goes in. Game talk coming soon, Travi. Just you wait. Gonna uh, get, gonna get game talk when we get into updates. You're gonna love that one. There's gonna be a whole bunch of people who are like. What do you what do you mean you didn't know you could switch? This elder, how old are you, Grandpa? <laughs> exactly. I never had more th- I collect records. I'm clearly an analog person. Like I didn't fucking know. <sighs> <sighs> Good times. We know you didn't get anything fun except for nectarines or clementines. I I got some things that were fun. Ooh, what'd you get? Um Um <laughs> I got that memorable uh, i got you a teacup yeah you did you did get you got me a whole like tea set tea like it's like a mug and a, and a thing that, with the tea the steeper yes. um that's great um i'm trying to think what okay so yes i got a whole bunch of small things which were great and uh, my dad got me some money which was very very nice um and yeah just like um, Christmas is not as much of a huge thing in my family. Um, and senior correspondent and I actually haven't done our Christmas yet. No. We are actually doing it today. We were supposed to do it um, uh, on the 12th day of Christmas or the Feast of the Epiphany. Which was yesterday. But, but um, I was at a, a bachelorette and I was doing that. that. I got to see the Frozen uh, Falls this is the Niagara Falls. Um, the the um, the American side is like all frozen and crazy looking. Oh, and right. I think I saw that. Like it's all ama- – it was amazing. It was actually really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, that, that was fun. So this was a, cla- um, this was a classy bachelorette. Yes. You weren't were like getting lap dances or anything. Ugh, no. That's but. unfortunate. Okay, so I actually have a great story. Straws that look like penises <laughs> and whatnot. I have a great story from someone else at the Bachelorette who was talking about a friend of theirs who'd like gone to one of those crazy Bachelorettes. Mm. It was, or they, her, her friends had planned for her this crazy Bachelorette, and um, and, and this is basically one of the greatest quotes. And I think it's gonna at some point it's gonna pop up on Facebook or or at some point. But they did this thing where they would do a dance where the, the the male strippers would have like just a little like towel in front of their junk. Mm-hmm. 
And then what they would do is they'd bring the bride up on stage and they would do this dance for like, they would put the, the towel part over her face and then like grind, I guess, the back of her head. And besides the fact that this seems awful, like this is not neither sexy nor, nor is it like risque. Um, the, the, the line that just, I couldn't get over all night was, and she's talking and and after all of that i don't want your dick towel in my face <laughs> that was the part, that was the spot i was immediately like off board like okay wang wang grinding against you that's fine uh the fucking like, towel with your gunk on it like don't put that on my face <laughs> like right so so just the way she said it just said, i don't want your dick towel on my face that for me is like basically how how why those types of bachelorettes are so terrible this one was a lovely wine tour in the niagara area um you know there was like ice wine and stuff now the one drawback was the fact that i'm on so many meds i cannot have wine that's unfortunate because ice wine is Um, legitness uh but but like the actual touring was tons of fun um we had a good time. I found out a lot about wine. I now know how to like, like tell if wine is good and like fine notes and <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I know. Um, and I got to see the cool falls. So yeah. And I got to spend it with some really cool people. So it was a great time. And I hope the bride had a good time. And again, no male strippers. Cause she was also just like, don't do any kind of thing. Please don't get like, get me a dick towel. Like I don't, I don't want, this is, a, this is a dick towel free event. It was a dick towel free event. Your dick uh, towel which, which I feel is like definitely if I, and I probably won't ever have a bachelorette, but if I do, that'll be like in an asterisk at the bottom, a dick towel free event. <laughs> um, just so everyone's aware that there will be no penises. So yeah. And it goes without saying, the Geek Down is a dick towel free podcast. It is a dictal free podcast. This is a very important, like, you know. Apparently, we need to what, establish this. Yes, it's very important to. to <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> if I if I didn't hear you laughing, I would be like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> That's it. He's gone. Like, oh god. <laughs> yes. So it is very important to put on. On anything you do, whether it's a dick towel free event or not. If you want if you want dick towels, call that out. Because if you don't Oh yeah. Like people are just dudes listen, dudes are just gonna throw their dick towels at you. They will. If the last year has shown us anything. Man, yeah. If you don't like make it clear that you are not okay with like if anyone ever is like, you know, come on down to this meeting, we're gonna have about this thing. Be like, oh, FYI, this isn't a dick towel event, is it? Like it's important important to establish. Like if things. you don't tell me, I will have it in my hand. It is in my desk drawer at all times. And if it's like, hey, we have a meeting in the conference room at twelve, cool, eleven fifty five. I'm going in my drawer to grab the dick towel yeah. just in case I need it. You yeah. you need to uh, tell me. Yeah, Leave you can't. You can't. You can't assume as like a woman that okay. oh god no that the person if they are a male does not have their dick towel ready. Like that is that is really up to you. It, I mean, it probably shouldn't be, but it is. Like you got to definitely lay down the law Listen, there. There no were many towel. things that were discussed in the early planning stages of this podcast 
And one of the and early mentions was Caitlin said. Absolutely. No dick towels. So I'm, I won't stand for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I leave my dick towels other places. Yeah. Um, but yeah, see, we, we've solved it. We have solved it. Um, <laughs> the geek down solving problems. <laughs> this is what 2018 is going to be all about. It's always going to be about, Hey, I had a thought about 2018 cause you know, I don't really fucks with resolutions or anything like that. You know, I'm short of, you know, making the podcast better yeah. for the next year, yeah. things like that. Uh, the resolutions to me are stupid and like, this is going to be my year and motherfucker, if it was going to be your year. It would have been your year. Like, let's just let's calm your tits. Um, <laughs> But it's like, you know, I woke up on, sorry, friends. It's like the, 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 all the news out there really right now is just like, here's what we're excited for in 2018. Oh, who gives a shit? So, you know, some shows are coming back. Some new things are back. Um, Black Panther is going to be dope. Like, what else do you need to, what else do you need to know? Really? But as far as like, I wake up on New Year's Day and oh. hear about this Logan Paul business, which for those of you who don't know, or are like, you know, above the age of 22, Logan Paul is a piece of shit garbage YouTuber who um, came from Vine originally, which Caitlin and I have both expressed our admiration for. The yeah. problem is, as I've said repeatedly, as some of these six second geniuses made their way over to Instagram and YouTube, some of y'all, most of y'all do not have the range. Six seconds is about your sweet spot, my dude. You, re- you, really, you really thrived at six seconds, anything above that. And it's brr. But somehow these people managed to you know, build brands around themselves. And, you know, garner a following and really monetize their channels. And for whatever reason, Logan Paul, who is 22, I believe, went to Japan and did some usual, you know, terrible foreigner running around Japan type business, generally making a nuisance of himself and capped it all off when on New Year's Day, he posted a video on New Year's Day, which is a very sacred day to the Japanese people. He posts a video of his trip to Aokigahara. Aokigahara. Let's say that properly. Um, it is a forest at the base of Mount Fuji. Commonly known and, dare I say, celebrated in certain spheres of the internet for being the, quote, suicide forest. It is a That's place. really sad. It is very sad. And if you are a, you know, normal person with one fucking ounce of, ounce of empathy, that's what you would think. If you're Logan Paul, you think, let's go look for ghosts in the suicide forest. And you go, yeah. and not only do you go, you find a body hanging from a tree. And you film said body and put it on your fucking oh. YouTube channel. Yeah. Not he okay. He promptly gets, you know, raked across the coals, rightly so, from basically everyone. You know, when PewDiePie is saying you're a piece of shit, that's like... Yo, yo, Um, he then throws out some apology, basically saying like he's just so successful that sometimes he makes bad decisions because he's just got to keep that content train rolling. Kate, keep putting out that content because he's so successful. Sometimes he makes poor decisions. Man, people were like, wow, you don't know how apologies works, my G. But ultimately, this is to say I was already feeling this way. But the Logan Paul thing really just kind of really hit home for me. And maybe this is just, you know, a symptom of my privilege, but I really feel that in 2018, I can give you three minutes, three minutes per outrage. That's what I, that's the only way I'm going to make it through. You think that 2018 is going to be even worse? As much of a trash fire as 2017? Oh, 100%. 
possibly more of a trash fire. The president this weekend assured the world that he's a, quote, very stable genius and, quote, like really smart. Yeah, that's true. I woke up that, to that like I was looking through some news and I was like, oh, no. And I read those tweets and went, you know what? Clock's on. Three minutes. That's what I can Three give minutes. you. The only way I'm going to make it. Wake up by about 45 seconds. I realize what Logan Paul has done and that he's an idiot. And I, for the next, you know, two minutes and 15 seconds, I'm reading your tweets and one, you know, think piece. That's it. That's all I'm giving you. I can't mire myself in a day's worth of outrage at some idiot. I can't watch your nine minute, you know, YouTube video. Shouts to Raina Scully. You did a very good job. But like, I can't, I can't give it to you. I can't. And maybe that's just my privilege because I can tap out of these conversations and some of y'all can't. And I appreciate that. This is a luxury I have that other people don't. But I'm telling you, I'm going to fucking lose it if I don't just hit the eject button. I think a lot of people feel that way. I think that um, it's a... It's a like... Are you woodworking? What are you doing over there? No, sorry. My chair makes a weird crunch sound when I move it a certain way. I think a lot of people feel that way because um, we have a lot. We get a lot, right, from different sources. Um, and I I don't think it's entirely fair to say that you're, you know, tapping out. There's also a certain amount of, I hate to use the, the word, the white, the white woman's self-care word. <laughs> um, but sometimes you do have to give yourself boundaries, right, of what you can take in. Um, there's been a lot of studies about how, like, the constant... Um, feed of negative news impacts us as people. Um, I think to be aware of an issue, um, to not to know entirely, to try and do your best in your life as it as your life is, is all you really you you can do. Um, and that's different levels for different people. Um, and some people have a bigger, a larger threshold of what they can take in. You know, I've talked before about, like, seeing a headline and just being like, nope, not doing it, not going down that tunnel. Um, And especially, you know, again, right now, while I am still very sick and um, my body's still recovering and I'm exhausted, trying to take in everything is not a good idea. Yeah, your attention Uh, is better served other places right now. Right, right. And, and sometimes actually uh, taking in that much content about an issue doesn't serve a good purpose, right? I think most other, times it doesn't. Like Sometimes it's good to, but I, but I mean, like, sometimes it's good to know about an issue, right? Um, not to think, oh, well, that, because it's happening in a different continent or it seems so far away, I'm not going to know about it. That sometimes is not great. Um, but... You know, informing yourself to a certain degree about the world is, I think, important. But sometimes taking it all in, the bad stuff all, all the time, you know, we talk about it, the uh, the bad. <laughs> but but sometimes we, we take breaks. I think it's important. I think it's important for us. I think it's important for our lovely listeners um, and all that jazz. Just I guess what I'm saying is if you can, if you have that ability try to incorporate a social media diet 
to your life. You don't need to, people are going to be stupid and idiots, whether you're watching Twitter 24 seven or not. So you don't need to take all that into yourself all the time. I mean, if you are a marginalized person, you're probably, I don't know. I just feel like that's, that's optional oppression, you know, like, yeah, you have enough in your life as it is. You don't need to add more to it. Or if you need to be on it, you know, tweak it on again. It's like, it's the filter effect. You're just setting yourself up to hear shit. Only you want to hear. Well, listen, if the worst fucking dregs of, you know, conflicting opinions is what lives on or what live on Twitter, then do you really need it? Like, no. So take care of yourselves. Internet is a weird place. Take care of yourselves. Y'all, you know, one of the ways we tap out Kate, how we watch shit. We do play shit. We listen to shit. Kate, Uh did you have time this holiday break to get into some, get into some stuff? I had time for all kinds of things because I was laid up in bed in pain. It was great. I mean, it wasn't great. It was terrible, but I did get to watch some stuff. What'd you watch? Uh, I watched Black Mirror. Oh, so I've only watched the first one. Black Mirror season four went live on Netflix, December 29th. I've only seen the first episode, which is USS Callister, which is the one I wanted to watch the most because I hope you would have watched it because it is the Star Trek riff. My phone dropped again. Um. So I watched USS Callister because it's funny. I wasn't actually going to watch uh, the whole season of Black Mirror because I was like, I'm sick and in pain and I'm miserable because it's the holidays and that's what happens during the holidays. Um, and I'm, you know, stressed out. Um, I don't really need a dystopian view of the future yeah. um, at this very moment. Um, but I watched USS Callister and I loved it. That was a great episode and went, Hmm, let's take a look at the next episode. And then it happened again and again and again. So I've watched the entire season, watched the entire season. Damn girl. Really quickly. Um, and weirdly it didn't make me as depressed as I thought it was (laughs) going to do. Um, I came out of the other, on the other side, just being like, those were like good episodes. And I really liked this about it. And, you know, I could take a, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's age and I'm just like, yeah, that shit's going to happen. Or if it's, I'm just, you know, I've got my own shit going on. So I'm like, ah, I, I'm not, I'm cut off from empathizing you're, as much. You're not as susceptible characters. to the, uh, to yeah. Empathizing <clears throat> with fictional characters. Maybe not, you know, who knows? Who knows? Um, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, can we, do we want to talk about USS Callister? Uh, like, we can, friends, if y'all haven't seen it, uh, consider this, you know, your first spoiler warning of 2018. As you know, we love spoilers. We gonna get into it. So if you yeah. haven't seen just the episode USS Callister, skip ahead, like, I don't know, like, you know, five, ten minutes. And also, um, this could also be your chance to go watch it. You could yeah, just or pause just pause and go watch it. It'll take you one hour and 15 minutes. And yeah. it's dope. It is dope. Um, Um, I had heard some people say that it suffered from a bit of the season as a whole and USS Callister in particular suffers from a bit of sameziness, which to my mind is to be expected when you're dealing with like an anthology show like this. Um, You know, you're going to have 
a certain bit of repetition sometimes. Right. Um, and some people have said that USS Callister suffers some of that as well. Um, I, I mean, there's a certain there- San Junipero-ness of it to it as well, you know, about simulated worlds and things like that. But that's, that's sort of what, I, I mean, I guess, but the anthology is about like the future of, or the, sorry, the technology of tomorrow and the impact. Right. And there are so many different aspects of having like a virtual world that you can do a virtual world and do a whole bunch of different stories about that world. Mm. Um, and they're going to be alike about being a virtual world and some of the things that can go bad, but they're not necessarily the same story, if that makes any sense. So if you don't care about spoilers, and sometimes I just I love to summarize because it helps me sort things out in my head. Again with the woodworking. I'm, I had to move. I'm sorry. <laughs> USS Callister stars Jesse Plemons as a uh, lead programmer and chief technical officer of a company that makes a giant space-based online memorpk called Infinity. Is that what it's called? Uh, Um, I think so. And into it, he has built his own sort of rogue server um, based on Space Quest. Is that what it's called? I I think so. It's clearly Star Trek. Um, Yes. And he's built sort of a, you know, he's modded the game to do this and it's all you know people put a chip on the side of their head and you've experienced it virtually fully full immersive vr experience but what we find out he has done is he has populated the crew with the people he does not like at work because he's a total kind of gamer gate bro chromag type which you don't know immediately immediately you think he's just some put upon plebe who's being taken advantage of by people and then you find out he's been you know exacting this virtual revenge uh, via the game, which seems harmless until you realize that he has been basically using people's DNA to code them into the game. Yeah. So when they wake up into the game, they think they are who they are. He does this. Yeah, they have no, there's no filter of like, they think they belong in that universe. They're like, I was in the real world a minute ago and now here I am. What is this? What is going on? My name is this person, not Ensign whoever. I'm, you know, 23 years old. I live in, you know, Kensington. What is this about? And he basically bullies and manipulates everybody into staying in their place. And what you have is basically these elements of code that he's, you know, sentient code that he's been abusing for God knows how long years at this point. Um, trying to essentially obtain their freedom during a, uh, during an update patch <laughs> to the game. Um, yes. and it's a gorgeous episode. Netflix money is doing wonders for this show. The production values are exceptionally high. Um, has a great cast. Like I said, Jesse Plemons from Fargo season two, it plays the you know, captain, the, yep. the, the vile captain, uh, Christian Malati, who has the largest eyes ever captured. On film. <laughs> she just had her play band, Battle Angel. Um, she was the mom from High Met Your Mother. She was also in Fargo season two. She's there as well. Um, the w- woman from Chewing Gum was in there as well, which I didn't realize at the time. Yeah. And our boy Jimmy She's- Simpson from Westworld. Yeah. Yes, he is. Just everybody's in this episode. Um, yeah, it definitely. I understand the criticism of samesiness. Um, 
because you know people immediately go to like what are black mirror is a show about ideas so what are the ideas being presented here it's like well you have you know living as yourself in a virtual world okay that was like san junipero you have threatening someone with by hacking their you know cloud data well that was in shut up and dance like but i don't i don't care (laughs) no ultimately i don't care it was a fun episode the star trek bits were so like gleeful and tongue-in-cheek um and then the reveal when she finally you know when the christian melody character is cloned and she wakes up in the ship and kind of walks over and they're all just kind of like hanging out (laughs) trying to get drunk (laughs) lamenting the fact that they don't have dicks (laughs) So good. What was the line? Stealing my pussy is a red fucking line. Uh, yeah. Yeah. True for all of us. So I was, you know, I take a more, mm, le- I take Black Mirror at a more leisurely pace. I think on season three, I went so hard on season three that there's still an episode from there, the last episode that I haven't even seen. So I've not been in a huge rush to get back to um, season four. I'm going to. You're and you're vouching for it. Uh, yeah. I mean, the thing about the season is that uh, people can say sameziness, but it sort of has like an overarching theme. I think. Mm. Um, and um, and that's sort of of like uh, control. Um, in a way, uh, I mean, certain ones are very different than others. Um, but that's what I took away from it, and it's about you know. Um, the issues with control. Um, but this episode, I, I loved, again, being a huge Star Trek fan. Um, and also just uh, sort of the surprises, I guess, in this episode. And like the, I loved um, after when they take a break when like his pizza's there and he like pauses and like the giant monster is like Carol from marketing. <laughs> And they, like, have a chat with Carol about, like, how she's doing and hey, stuff. Girl. Hey, girl. How you doing? Yeah. Um, uh, it, was, it, it was fantastic. And that's, again, we talk a lot about um, The Expanse and what I appreciate about The Expanse being how, like, you know, the future tech is just kind of, like, casually inserted. That's yeah. something Black Mirror does all the time. You know, the setup mm-hmm. to the game itself, you know, the interface is not ever explained. It's just like, oh, you put this thing on the side of your face and your eyes go cloudy and then you're in the game. Or, like, the... The, his the elements of smart tech in his home right like yeah he walks up and there's a screen on the door that says welcome home robert and then he walks in and all the lights turn on in progression or or you know getting the pizza to how it works just something as simple as getting a pizza delivery like all that stuff is just there we don't have to make a thing about it we don't have to explain it it's just there and i always i always appreciate things like that um how did yeah. you feel about black museum Scuttlebutt says that Black Museum is the weakest of the season. Scuttlebutt uh, also says that mm-hmm. black folks are like publications have black people write about this episode. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to think it, possibly it could be the, I don't know. It was a, it was sort of like a, a weird episode inside of an, a, an episode. It was like white Christmas, um, right? Like it was an anthology within the episode itself. Exactly. So I really enjoy that. It reminded me of a couple of TV show episodes or TV shows in the 90s who would like do like uh, it was like an anthology inside of an anthology. Um, uh, I thought they were really interesting and weird, but I, I don't know. I, I always find that episodes are so different um, in Black Mirror that it's hard to equate them. 
um, they're trying to do different things. Mm. Um, and I thought it was a really interesting way to like round out the season. Um, something they haven't really done before. It, I really enjoyed it. But again, I like, I look for well, my, I want my entertainment by and large to sometimes have some message, but also just be entertaining and fun and weird. And that's what it was ultimately. So yeah, I, I didn't think there was anything wrong with the episode. Um, in the, the way, only way that the like the black mirror can black mirror can do it, there were really some genuinely horrifying things mm. um, about like future tech and you know, how possibly we could like abuse future tech um, and the sort of when the reveal at the end of the episode is pretty horrifying as well. Um, so yeah, it, all of that I I thought it was interesting. I. I didn't think it was weak per se, but it was just different. Yeah, the gist I get is that you know, a lot of public, a lot of the, you know, in the you, you got to, you got to get your full season write ups out like you know within an hour of it going live, right? Um, yeah. And a lot of the the early takes have been, you know, oh, black museum's the clumsiest one, but I did see a thread on Twitter by a black writer saying like, "Hey, find a black writer to write about this episode specifically." they're probably going to have a different take on it than your staff yeah. does. So I'm curious to see it for, uh, for that, for that, if nothing else. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch all of it. What else have you been checking out? Um, I saw bright. Oh, Netflix movie. how was that? It was great. You liked bright. I don't, I don't understand what people's problem people with that. Are not liking bright right now. What the, the movie? I don't understand. Uh, one part is the Max Landis effect. I believe. Well, I don't know what that means. He's been milkshake ducked. Max Landis, son of John oh. Landis, uh, prolific YouTuber, Twitter person, cultural commentator, has a lot of thoughts about everything from pro wrestling to screenwriting. Um, he has recently been milkshake ducked in as much as, you know, some women came forward and said, he's a piece of trash. And he uses his power in the industry to, you know, harass women, et cetera, et cetera. Oh. Sorry. That's why some people don't like have been like fuck bright. Some people as well have just been fuck bright because it's a they've said it's a ridiculous movie. Um, but it is a ridiculous movie. <laughs> That's like it's about fucking fairies. Like I, I don't understand. His partner's an orc, right? Yeah, he's on Alien. He's an orc. He's an orc. That's kinda, and like that's kind of fun. Every, so so you know how we just talked about how in Black Mirror they just like they're like this is the technology run with it. Right. Yeah, they're yeah. just like, this is, yeah. So they do that in the movie. They're like, this is the world. Uh, it, there's been fairies around for ages, blah, blah, blah. There we go. Okay, great. <laughs> Let's do the movie. I'm and in. then all Let's these go. people are like, people are like, well, how, how is that possible? A fairy? Like, I'm like, come on, guy. Like, they're fucking fairy. I don't understand. There's elves and fairies and orcs and shit. And probably other, there's like a dragon in the background just flying along. You know what it reminded me of? In um, Blood Battle. I was going to say. And the dragon in the background. Yeah, it was very like similar where it was just like, it it just chilling. And I was like, yeah, okay, let's go. Let's do this. It was fun. It was ridiculous. There was magic wands involved. There was tons of blood and shooting. It was great. People need to take a fucking chill pill. Oh, right. Kayla McKinnon choosing bright as her hell to die on. Well, I mean, enough people watched it and liked it to, uh, to get it a sequel. So, which I'm, I'm 
I'm super thrilled about. Like, I, I want to know more about the world. And then apparently, the um, I think Netflix put out like a, a mini video or something about like the world and how it came mm. to be. And I was like, really, guys? Really? You needed your handheld that much? And like, look, look okay. listen. I don't know how Will Smith hurt all you people. <laughs> Can we forgive him? Yes, he made some know. he made some questionable decisions. He was in a lot of Oscar bait for a stretch. He was in, you know, he tried in Suicide Squad. But I mean, he's in Bright. Seems to be doing well enough. Seems to be not really offending people on the whole. He's killing it on Instagram right now. His Instagram is fantastic. Really? Just, it's like just people. it's just fun, right? Like it's just He's clearly running it himself and that like, you know, that's He's clearly running it himself, and he doesn't have any, like, higher agenda right now. Like, Hugh Jackman runs his Instagram, but at the same time, he's got some, like, coffee company, so he's always, like, you know, posting videos from that shit. Will Smith is just, like, you know, Jade is doing way too much at Christmas this year. And, like, showing him <laughs> taking a selfie with this ridiculous, like, sweater that Jada made him wear. Like, that's endearing. Let's, yeah. Can we, can, we, can we let Will Smith back in? I just, yeah. Yeah, he, well, might, be a, he might be a weird Scientologist, and his children are avatars for intergenerational confusion but like <laughs> come on come on that wall back he's the fresh prince man come on yeah i don't i don't prince. know i don't know what happened like i don't know why people are so angry at this thing um i'm trying to think of other things that i watched that people either loved or hated i feel like there was something people loved that i watched oh, i can't remember I oh no that was that was star wars um what have I been watching? Surprising to everyone who heard the last episode where it's like, oh man, Jordan's going to watch all the Expanse. Jordan didn't watch all the Expanse because he was watching the thing he ended up giving Caitlin. Um, and what else did I watch? I watched the thing that we're going to talk about later. I watched uh, a couple episodes of original Super Dimensional Fortress Macross. Um, okay. Because that's just sitting on, on Amazon Video. The uh, the original eighty four super super dimensional fortress Macross. Um, we're gonna get into my anime feelings in a minute. Um, also, what else was I watching? I watched Black Mirror, and I've been watching a show that's on Netflix called Erased. Okay, have you seen this in your travels? I don't think so. Erased. Um, I first heard about as an anime a few seasons ago. Uh, maybe the second season from my like you know rebirth. You know, I was. I was I always call myself as really being an anime fan again from like two years ago, you know, when I got back into watching new stuff, when I became like a simulcast anime fan. So Erased came about a couple years ago and it was like celebrated. Oh my God, it was people's anime of the season, blah, blah, blah. And I watched the first episode and went, meh. Meh. Um, It's basically about this dude, struggling manga artist who like for reasons never explained, um, goes back in time like three to five minutes every once in a while. Okay. Okay. And it's usually to uh, solve something like to prevent something from happening. So when you see it happen in the first episode, he's a pizza delivery kid. Um, and when it happens, he like vroom, goes back to this crosswalk. And that's when he notices that, you know, a truck driver has like had a heart attack and like died at the wheel type of thing. And he's about to hit some child. So he goes and goes and tries to do that. Um, and basically he like has a, he calls them revivals. He has a revival when he's after the um, accident, he gets and in, he injures himself, you know, stopping this, truck from killing a kid 
his mom, who the only thing everyone could agree on was that his mom was a fucking dope ass character. Uh, <laughs> just as like chain smoking, like laid back, <laughs> like berating her own son type of mom. Um, she comes to stay with him and take care of him while he recuperates. And they're like shopping for groceries or something. And his mom kind of notices a like attempted kidnapping and the kidnapper catches her looking and aborts. And then later on in the episode, his mom gets killed and he revivals back to like the fifth grade. Oh, wow. Um, and when I've watched the, the anime, I was like, what the fuck? Is there anything you're not throwing into this stew right now? Like you've got weird, unexplained time travel powers. You've got going back in time. You've got your back to the future element. You've got a murder mystery. Like, is there anything you're not throwing in this? I'm like, let's not shit the bed people. And it was my first like contrarian moment in anime where I was like, nah, I'm out. I'm not doing it with this. Um, for some reason I'm stomaching it better as a live action. I'm about four episodes in. And, oh, they did a live action? Yeah, that's what this is. They they uh, adapted it as a live action. That's what's on Netflix right now. It's 11 episodes, I think. 11 or 12 episodes. Um, and for some reason, I'm enjoying it more as a live action than I did as an anime. Maybe because I think the anime was like 20-something episodes, maybe. And this is only like, you know, 12. So they're burning plot a little faster and right. that sort of thing. But I'm just, I'm just enjoying it. Uh, I'm just enjoying it more. So yeah, I'm digging raced. I watched black mirror. Um, I have tried. I hate it when it happens friends, but I really feel like this is going to be another one of those anime seasons where I'm like, yeah, check for me in spring. Um, <laughs> cause the two, the internet was exploding yesterday. Caitlin and the Twitter was on fire for two shows Oh, oh my God. for two oh, shows. No. Fire and explosions? Uh, it's not good. Everything. Sirens. Beep, 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 beep. It's like a national holiday. Because Did Instagram flood? <laughs> My Instagram was not flooded. I did not check the Geek Down feed. We did none of our socials earlier. We'll get to that at the end of the show. Sure, why not? Um, we're just so excited to talk to y'all, people. We just had to get right into it. Right into it. Um, for two shows. Devilman Crybaby, which you may have seen okay. on your Netflixes, and a show based on a four panel garbage amateur comic called pop team epic pop team epic has basically been meme fodder in the anime internet for like you know five years at this point right they're making an anime of it it is basically like the WarioWare of anime okay remember the WarioWare games where it was um, essentially like the game itself was made up of like 700 mini games that each took like yeah. three seconds to play. Yeah. Well, um, there were, I think there was one where like you had to jump, like it was a skateboarding game and just jump. I think I got addicted to this actually. Um, but you have to jump like one thing and then the game was over. Oh, okay. No, maybe you, not. And I'm then you thinking, moved on to the, think, net th- the next thing. Oh, maybe I'm, Oh yes, 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 yes. Yep. No, I, yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. And like, about. they were, they were so stupid. It was like, pop this one balloon boop, on your on in the next yeah. thing. This is what pop team Epic is like. It's these two characters. Um, the, the designs are very cute. They have those like cat mouths. One has like a head, like a USB drive. Um, I don't remember the characters cause I don't care in the opening episode. They have their voices are like 50 year old men, which apparently okay. goes back to a joke that was made in the comic like three years ago where it's like, if you ever make an anime out of this, give us really famous, you know, male voice actors. 
Um, so it's super meta. There's like, I have watched, you know, enough anime in my life. I got about three of the jokes in this thing. Um, there was a, your name joke, which was very funny. Cause they even like aped the, uh, the song. Right. One, the short one leaves the house, bumps into the tall one. And it's like, will you tell me your name? And then it immediately looks like the movie poster. <laughs> As that song starts playing and then a comet hits and explodes and kills them both. Um, boop. On to, on to the next thing. Uh, yeah, this show might be, you know how we had you watch Keijo and just comment on it? Yeah. I might do this for Pop Team Epic. I might make you watch an episode and just like chronicle your bafflement at it. Um, but it's going to be fucking huge because it's going to be fucking meme fodder every week for the next like three months. Um, it's also half an hour long, which it does not need to be. And they basically, I, yeah, like 20 minutes, maybe they basically, oh, it was 20 minutes. Cause basically it was 15 minutes and then it repeated yeah. with different voices, but the exact same episode, What? but the voices were different. What? Pop team epic. Everybody. Uh, that was number one. Devil man. Crybaby is a more, is it the latest adaptation of the devil man property, which is an old ass manga by a guy named Gona guy. Who yeah. made Mazinger and Mazinger Z and Cutie Honey and a bunch of different stuff back in the I think late seventies, early eighties. Um, Devil Man, it's exactly what it sounds like. He's a dude who has the power of a demon um, and kills other demons. This Fun. is done by a guy whose name I will not remember. People just call him by his, I believe, his first name, which is Yuasa. And Yuasa is known for making insane, crazy animes. And one he made that Caitlin and I tried to look at once and said, you know what? I think I'm out is Tatami Galaxy. Oh, yes. Caitlin remembers Tatami Galaxy. I said, hey, Kate, people are excited. This is on Funimation. Have a look at it. Maybe we'll talk about it. it let me know if it's too fast for you, though. And Caitlin came back three minutes later and went, why is this so fast? So we did not it, talk about Tatami Galaxy. So fast. So fast. And it looks really weird. It doesn't look like traditional what you think of when you think of anime. It's very like, it looks like, you know, you know, when you see like in the highlight clip for like the best animated short reel at the Oscars, like that's what it looks like. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. bodies do things that they're supposed to do, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in the first episode of Devil Man Crybaby, there is um, the death of a kitten, a crazy, gory nudity orgy. Uh, you meet the female supporting character when she uh, takes her stance at a track practice, and basically the camera is framing her pussy. Um, so this show is basically telling you what it's going to be immediately, which is in some fan circles and some fan service circles, they say that as like, Hey, just do that. Don't surprise me with it. Say what you are immediately. And then I can decide if yeah. I'm out. Here's the thing. I'm out. Bye. Don't have All time. Right. Don't have time for 12 episodes of this. All right. The joke I tried to make on Twitter, which, uh, you know, nobody picked up on cause you know, we only have like 60 followers. Follow us on Twitter at geek Tampa. <laughs> um, was like, honestly, the, the rapping and beatboxing in Devil May Cry Baby was more offensive to me than the orgy. Like, um, if I'm being, so yeah, well, if I'm being well, real like, honest, the pacing of the episode offended me more than, than the orgy. Like, so basically, like you said, we should just check back with you in spring. Yeah. I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to finish up my winters. I'm going to finish Blood Blockade. I'm going to finish Food Wars. And uh, you know what else I'm going to be doing, Kate? What are you going to be doing? I have no time for any stupid anime right now because I, I am late to a party. Which party is that? Mm. Mm. 
Um, so, as established, I got a PlayStation gift card. Yes. Over the holidays. Yes. Had to burn. It's like, why'd you burn it so fast? Well, there are sales. There are sales. What kind of sales? Uh, sales on the actual PlayStation store, where they will like slash prices. Games are half price, if not better. If not better. Um, so I had it down to two. Each of them, Game of the Year candidates, neither of them won, obviously, because this is a year where Breath of the Wild exists, so nothing was going to win aside from that. But one was IGN's best PS4 game. That was contender number one, which was Horizon Zero Dark, which is an open-world game where uh, it's post-apocalyptic and you fight yeah. robot animals. It's amazing. Looks gorgeous, and I'm going to buy it at some point. But the other option was IGN's best RPG of the year. Not a game, not a series I had any interest in, really, but just the hype. The hype was burbling, Caitlin, and I am now 25 hours into... 25 hours? Into Persona 5. I have no idea what this is. Oh, my God. Persona 5 is the fifth game, the Atlas game series, Shin Megami Tensei which has been around for a while um, and basically involves, you know, it's a, it's a JRPG. So straight turn-based, you know, the enemies, you, you attack and then the enemies attack type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You fight using personas, which are, you know, monsters or, you know, weird avatar type of things. Um, And in general, what you will do, I think the main character of every game will always be able to control more than one. So there's a like Pokemon collectors aspect of it as well. Cause you can, or like a Nico Nuni. Is that that, that game was called? Travis is screaming. Um, <laughs> that Ghibli type game that was on the, the Wii a while back um, where you like, you know, collect your enemies and you can mash them together and make new personas type of thing. Um, right. Basically the game is split up kind of into two parts. You at night, traverse what they're called like memory palaces and try to change the hearts of wicked people by stealing their treasures. You are one of a group called the phantom thieves. And when you're not doing that, you're just kind of hanging out, going to school and hanging out with your friends and, you know, choosing activities to make your skills better type of thing. Maybe you go to the batting cages, maybe you take a bath, maybe you do your laundry. Oh my God. Maybe you hang out with your friends. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I had no interest in this game for the longest time. I feel like, do you remember how Final Fantasy VII was like the game that really just pushed Final Fantasy into like the like greater knowledge? Yes. Like I kind of knew what Final Fantasy was from the SNES days, but I mean, when those commercials started hitting for FF7, I was like, what is that? And then I like borrowed it from a friend and it devoured my life and I've played every Final Fantasy ever since. This yes. is the game that's going to do that for the Persona series. The Persona series has had a very diehard JRPG fan base for a while, but this is the game that's going to do it. It's huge. It's massive. It works on a time system. That's the other thing. Cause like, you know, you have a deadline. It works on a calendar year. Ooh. I think it runs, it runs the course of a calendar year. So currently I'm on like, people are onto the phantom thieves. We've had a couple cases. So far, you know, we've done a couple cases so far and the, uh, the student council president at school, wants to uh basically she's going to snitch on us if we don't prove that we have this ability um so she wants us to like flip a mafia boss by stealing his treasure she's like i'm going to tell everybody in two weeks from today so 
you have two weeks and you can only do X amount of things every day. So there's, oh my gosh. there's your own time management and you know, you hit a button and you see basically what everyone has, who's played the game has done. You know, here are the top five things that people did on this day. So that can kind of help guide you along as well. Um, or maybe you have to take a quiz in school. It is, if nothing else, it's like, that's all fun. That's great. It is the most stylish game I've ever seen. This kind of game, though, I think it just, I think is like unbelievably dangerous. Because it will take over your life? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it will, Caitlin. It's like our own dark mirror or black mirror episode, right? Like it's. It's like, hey, give me a game where you like have to manage your time in your life. I can't do that in my real life. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, this this will not translate. I don't know if it'll translate or not, but I mean, to give any sense of how. And I mean, I'll throw links to the opening movie. And I wish Caitlin was here to see it to just get a sense of how stylish this game is. Um, This is the battle theme. Okay, so that's pretty standard fare. Mm-hmm. It's still pretty standard fare, you know. Ooh, tension rising. That's fine. It was this moment where I was like, "Oh, you're doing something totally different." It's like a fucking loungy jazz song. And apparently, they have always done this. I've had friends who have been like, "I know you never played it, but the music on Persona Four is amazing. The music on Persona Five is just as good." Like, you have a vocal song as your battle. Theme? I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say though, um, and from my perspective, mm-hmm. that's not a plus. That song is really annoying sounding. How dare you! I'm so sorry. Oh my god, you're not listening to the song. You're focusing on defeating things, and like, if you exploit everybody's weakness, if you spo- all the enemies' weaknesses, you can like attempt an all-out attack, which then just, like, it works with... They use sil- the art direction uses a lot of silhouettes, and, like, it's unlike anything I've seen, just the level so, of style and flair they put into this game. So you're really enjoying it? I am really enjoying it, and it was on sale, and I was like, well, it's normally would be, like, 75 bucks. it's on sale for 50 and... What the hell? I'm going to buy them both at some point anyway. And I already had Final Fantasy 15 going. So another 100-hour JRPG was not a thing I needed in my life. But here we are. Here we are, everyone. Here we are. So get at me. Tell, um, me, tell, me, how to, tell me how to get with the punk rock doctor. It's my primary concern right now. I have one bit of news that is like very important for everyone to listen to. Okay. And then I think after that, maybe we can move on. But this this is just going to be absolutely life-altering. The Mummy is on Netflix. Like Brandon, Fra- Brandon Fraser Mummy? Yes. That is very important. Unbelievably so. I just needed to let everyone know. Friends, we're going to take a break right here. Feel free. You don't have to come back right away. If you want to go watch The Mummy, you can go watch The Please Mummy. Please do so. We Please will be so. here when you get back to talk about the things we brought each other on episode 99.63584 colon three quarters time of time of oppression. I don't know. (laughs) Those kingdom hearts titles are always ridiculous, but we'll find one of those to title the episode with when we come back after this break.
and welcome back to the show. This is the part of the show where we give each other, no, we talk about the things we've given each other to watch. Um, But before we do that, we have three rules. Yeah, we do. The first rule being the rule of three, which is if the thing we give each other comes somehow serialized in parts, in sections, in episodes, we will watch, consume, read three of them. You have to give the thing a chance to be the thing it's going to be. It's very important. No, you don't want to, you don't want to make a premature judgment on a thing. I would hate for someone to listen to the first episode of this podcast and make a decision whether or not they wanted to continue listening to it or not. That would be terrible. It would break our hearts. Would break our Our hearts. You know what? You probably wouldn't stick around. No, (laughs) I I wouldn't have. That's for sure. You were part of it. I'm surprised you stuck around. Um, so that is the first rule. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod, which is the rule that we will not talk about the things we've given each other, even though we desperately want to, so that you, the listener, get the freshest of takes. It is a time of uncertainty, listeners. Very much so. The specter Always. of nuclear war hangs over us with greater intensity than it has in decades. You need something you can rely upon. You know what you can rely upon? Fresh piping hot takes from your friends at the geek down podcast yeah absolutely we, we will always deliver them unto you it's basically how we pay chauncey <laughs> chauncey gets paid in takes yes <laughs> piping hot takes he'll only piping. take piping hot ones only though. only piping hot ones he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't want these stale these stale takes some of y'all be dishing out he only wants the freshest and fluffiest for your man's okay. chauncey yeah. Um, and finally, the third rule, which isn't really a rule, it's more of a warning, is that there will be spoilers. There will be spoilers. But uh, this week, who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you really don't want to know anything, I guess, you know, GTFO. But, like, I, it's really hard to spoil these Listen, the things we are going it, to, to it, talk about. It is comp season, friends. So we are not. Oh, oh. yeah, it is. We are not. Delving too deeply, aside, Black Mirror aside, we are not delving too deeply into things that are, you know, uh, stressful. Or complicated. Nope. All about <laughs> the comp. We like to yep. alternate. Way back when, last year when we did one of these, we closed off with Caitlin's thing, so we're going to start with the thing that she brought me. Okay, so <laughs> I described this recently to a person as... Um, murder she wrote, but set in the fifties in England, um, with the, uh, detective being a Catholic priest, because that is what it is. It is father Brown, everyone. Father Brown. She's coming out with the heaters already. It is, uh, 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 it started in 2013's TV series. Um, it's what they would say is a British television period drama, but it is not very dramatic. Okay. It is, <laughs> it, it is silly. It is fun. Um, it's ridiculous. Uh, it features Mark Williams who plays, um, Mr. Weasley from, uh, Harry Potter, which is probably what most people know him from. He's a well-known British actor. He's the eponymous crime solving Roman Catholic priest, father Brown, Um, The series is loosely based on short stories by G.K. Chesterton of the same name. Um, Very, very loosely based. It uh, airs on BBC One. 
Um, and it is now on Netflix, which is where I stumbled into it because I was looking for. Oh, you didn't know about show. it ahead of time. No, no, I had no idea. Oh, what a treat! Was, what a treat for you. There was actually not a lot. Like after Miss Fisher's, I was kind of like there was a hole in my heart. <gasps> you were adrift. I was adrift, and um, they don't actually have many mystery series on Netflix. You, it's surprising. They. Um, <laughs> They have a lot of like crime shows, but mm. not or something that's like too serious. Yes, but they don't have something that's like fun and silly and light, and it's about solving mysteries. Something that makes you forget um, so, that people are falling dead literally all the time. Yeah. Um, so the plot um, is basically it's a series that's set during the 1950s and the fictional Cotswold village of Kembleford. Um, where Father Brown, priest at St. Mary's Catholic Church, solves murder cases. There's always a bumbling police inspector who often arrests the wrong suspect um, and always gets annoyed by Father Brown's success, which is something I do need to talk about because uh, that's that can get a little frustrating. Let's just say Murder, She Wrote did it better. <laughs> um Father Brown uses his, the distinctive skills of his close friends as well as his own wits to solve cases, occasionally to the neglect of his more mundane parish duties. <laughs> um, his vocation as a priest often gives him insight to the truth so that justice, but occasionally not the letter of the law, may be served. His commitment to obeying the seal of the confessional often presents unique circumstances and frustrates both people in, like, in the Catholic Church um, he is and, always leveraging that anyway. Uh, I know. The time period is when Britain was still struggling with deprivation and shortages in the aftermath of the hardships of the Second World War. Um, the country still applies the death penalty as a sentence for capital crimes such as murder. Um, and Father Brown opposes capital punishment and is a much more enlightened Catholic priest than, than many of the same time. So he's all about just like doing your own thing, living your own truth, you know. Um, but you know, with God. Uh, so as I said, there's of course Father Brown. Then there's um, Mrs. Bridget McCarthy, which is um, the parish secretary. And sometimes you want to stab her in the face. Uh, there's Lady Felicia Montague, who I absolutely adore. Um, there's uh, in the first couple seasons, there's Susie, um, but she sort of like goes away. Um, and, uh, there's Sid, um, who is the, he's like an artful Dodger type. He gets into trouble a lot. He like steals and pickpockets and, was you that know, the, was that uh, the chauffeur guy in the one episode? He, yes. He, he is actually technically, um, Lady Felicia's chauffeur, but oh, okay. he's always getting into trouble and like getting arrested and stuff. So, yeah. And then there's a series of detectives throughout the series, um, my favorite is probably the second one who pops up. Um, and then they, the new series that it's just on Netflix, I've started to watch and I do not like him as much, but I haven't gotten time to get used to him yet. So. I was going to say, how quickly did you devour these from the moment you found they were there? Really slowly, actually, oh. um, because I will like watch a whole bunch of them and then be like, oh, I can't really do any more now see the thing with murder she wrote was i was watching them on a week to week basis because it was the 90s and we didn't have netflix so there was no binge watching jessica fletcher um and i think that's part of the charm um when you see a show like this back to back really quickly um you're like yeah yeah no i know 
it's very much like a romance novel, right? It's, mm. There's, you know, this is who they, they've set it up this way. This is the person that the attention's on. These are how the clues laid out. This is how he solves the crime, right? Like it's very, oh, um, Caitlin. Yes. I am not adept at solving mystery shows ahead of time. Yeah. Cause I don't you know, consume a lot of them. So I'm not super familiar with the tropes. I knew every case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, well, that, that's like part of the, what I like is that unlike some mystery shows where they're like in the, you know, fifth hour, they're like, Oh, this person you've never seen before. Did it. This blows everything out for you hmm. and goes, you can solve it. <laughs> and then it makes me feel like I'm clever. I'm like, yes, I've solved who hit the butler over the head with the, the statue in the library, right? Like, that's kind of what I like about it. Um, but this is capital C Kumpf. This is capital C O M F Kumpf. F F F F F F F F F F Kumpf. Kumpf. Like this Kumpf. Um, though I cannot, I'm still haven't um, gotten through the the latest season up on Netflix. I like watched one episode and I was like, oh, I don't like this new detective. And like <laughs> went and did something else. Um, but yeah, so, but I thought I'd give it to Jordan because I uh, know he loves British stuff. Boy, do I. And uh, would love this. I mostly just wanted to see what his reaction was like and <laughs> what he thought of the characters. I did give Jordan a specific episode. Yes. I told him he can watch anything else, but there's one episode and he probably knows oh, why yeah. I love this episode Obviously. so much. <laughs> but I still, I wanted to give Obviously. it to him. So. Uh, so yeah, so what did you think? So I mean, <laughs> like within within five minutes, my first note is, "Oh uh, yeah, British people being awful." Because uh, <laughs> within five minutes, what the hell's her name? The Irish, the secretary, the old lady. Yes, she's Ms. like uh, Bridget. She's, this is uh, McCarthy. McCarthy. She's like chirping and harping at somebody, and like you know, shitting on the uh, merits of Polish cuisine. And I'm like, oh fuck, here we go. Um, yeah. That said, this show has a budget, surprisingly, mm-hmm. <laughs> for such a small towny type show. Like, it looks really good, um, which will get me in the door. You have to take it, like, episode by episode with these. Um, <laughs> my, my second note, because this is always this is always how it works in these shows. Man, who likes eavesdropping and meddling? <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be, uh, that would be Father Everyone? Brown. Well, yes, but Father literally Brown everyone. <laughs> yes. Father Brown doesn't. Even, Father Brown doesn't even drop a medal. Everyone else does, and then they tell him what they oh. what they've heard. Well, yes, but he he does though. He's always be like they've always the police officers always like okay, you need to leave now, and he'll just like hang outside the door. Well, yeah, and, and just... this was my thing with the fucking first of all, uh, what that lady Fiona. I want to take uh, lady. Was her name lady Fiona? Felicia? Felicia. Okay, yes. Right. I would Lady like to Felicia. say bye, Felicia, and send her over to Franny Fishers because I really want those two to run around. I think that would make for just a fantastic right? show. Um, It'd be a great show. But uh, the same thing I said with, with Miss Fishers. It's like, you are the police. Why are you letting this guy just run around all the time? <laughs> Who clearly does not care about the law because when he finally figures something out, he'll be like, yo, just tell the truth. I'm a priest. I ain't going to tell anybody. <laughs> but just confess. I just think his, he thinks his their souls are more important than, than I, you know. I guess. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, the first episode we have 
Um, I did not know he was the brother of the priest. Anyway, there's a uh, Father Brown goes to what is to be the uh, the the launching, the first tolling of a bell at the Anglican chapel, and yep. the Anglican pastor has a uh, has a scoundrel of a brother. Yes, totally laughed. Oh, that up. was a that's a good episode. Was that the first episode? That is the first episode. Oh, um, I did not know that. Yeah, so I watched the first two episodes and the one Caitlin requested. Um, the first episode was pretty good, yeah. But the the brother of the Anglican pastor, who was just totally lapsed on all his faith, he uh, he screws, he gambles, he smokes, he drinks, he is rich, so he you know lords it over everyone else in town. He's sleeping with the blacksmith's wife because the blacksmith owes him a gambling debt type of thing and then he shows up and causes a bunch of hoo-ha at the launching of the, the 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 celebration to toll on this bell which has a lot of you know people rounding corners and hearing him talking and confronting other people and being confronted by people so then when he turns up dead bah, shortly thereafter uh. just with a chunk taken out of his head oh my god everybody's a suspect hey it turns out it was his brother the priest um <laughs> who killed him by first of all they're always accidents they're also always accidents i think there was one deliberate murder in the uh in the entire you, you only watched three episodes <laughs> in the three episodes i watched there was one deliberate murder so we don't want to think people are too bad we wanted them to get went on the get you know in over their heads um right. and because because apparently anglican priests have the powers of bullseye so <laughs> when he sees his brother shocking go into a shed with another man he can tolerate oh he can tolerate the adultery. He can tolerate the gambling. Sodomy? Nah, son. No. Can't deal with that. So he launches that hammer off the roof and believes he was guided by Jeebus himself. Million to one shot, clank. Skims a chunk of his brother's skull off of him. Kills him dead. He must have been right. He must, must have been have just. Been. Father Brown like, mm, nah, son. You don't know about Jeebus. That's not how it works. You don't know about Jeebus. You need to confess. So he turns himself in. Hooray. But that said, there was a nice moment where as Father Brown gleans that the brother was also uh, perhaps bisexual, he talks to um, his male lover and, you know, the, <laughs> the fellow who has previously had a conversation with Father Brown about evolution and the merits of, you know, science v. faith. Um he obviously doesn't want to admit to anything because not only because it might implicate him in some sort of crime, but because they're going to like arrest him and give him chemical treatments because that's what they did back then. Um, and when Father Brown's just kind of like, nah, I'm, I'm cool. I'm not going to try to convert you. He's like, well, I won't try to convert you either. Hey. Hey. That's nice. That's nice. Fun. That makes it feel that's good. Nice, right? <laughs> makes it feel good. Um, yeah, that was, that was, I mean, it was enough of a start to make me go, okay, this isn't terrible. It's got British people acting awful. But it's not terrible. Second episode was a little meh, kind of bored me to the point where I don't even really feel like talking about it that much. <laughs> like it was fine. Yeah, um, it was. It was fine. I uh, had a lot of had enough Lady Felicia in it. But at some point, you know, again, what is with? I know they didn't really have TVs, but this whole like rich people performing plays in their houses like it always seems like a weird. <laughs> it's like a weird conceit for me. Um, although shouts for included for, shouts for Lady Felicia's use of the word peccadillos, which I always approve of. <laughs> um. Oh, Lady Felicia, you but, crack me up. But episode, I believe it was six. It was the Bride of Christ. It's a murder at, yep. a, at a convent. Yep. Hmm. Let me go out on a limb here. 
Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah. Is is the reason you really wanted me to watch this episode called Sister Boniface? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. I want her. I want her to have her own like okay. mystery yeah. show offshoot. You need to tell me if she comes back more because honestly, if she was, if it was her show, if it was Sister Boniface mysteries, I'd have been like in from jump. I would have been like yes. Or even if it was like Father Brown and Sister Boniface, like that to me is the Brown Boniface be, mysteries. Yes, like do them both yeah. up. That um, it to me is like the greatest thing ever because she's actually like sciency, like yeah, she uses like Father Brown just kind of goes and like looks condescendingly at people, like she like fucking takes a carbon copy from a typing pad and is like you know putting it on a light box to like figure out what was written. Like she, she's actually got some skills instead of father Brown, just kind of like snooping and looking at people and eavesdropping. <laughs> like, can she, I tell you right now, hmm. some really devastating news. If you tell me she, she doesn't does come not, back. No, she doesn't die. She just doesn't come back. They don't use it, her again. I don't know why I haven't no, I haven't seen the newest season. So maybe, but from what I Caitlin, can tell, they've done like 30 episodes since that, like they, they could have found a reason. Right. Wow. So upsetting. This is really Anyways. this is really going to impact my score. By the way, <laughs> oh no! If you had the fucking lightning in the bottle that is Sister Boniface with her giant glasses and her like, and she's just so nerdy and I love her. Super amped about everything she's doing. Like, yeah. And you don't bring her back. That's that is utterly ridiculous. I'm I'm actually disgusted by that. <laughs> anyway, well, also, who keeps leaving babies on the porch? <laughs> Then I turn around, Mr. What's her, Mrs. What's her face is leaving this baby on a porch and then shocked and appalled when she comes out and you know the <laughs> the murder suspect has stolen the baby. It's like, well, yeah, dummy. Like quit leaving uh, your babies on the porch. It's a thing. People do it or did it. Um, no one would steal a baby, but apparently they do. <laughs> well, that episode I did like because and I like that the show is not afraid to address the as a lapsed Catholic, I can say this awful things that the Catholic Church has done throughout and their history. So they have like a, there is a social commentary, right? Like, it's like very, it's very like PC and very like, this is, these things are terrible and we shouldn't be like that. You know, there's like, they, they've, they've often showed, you know, people being racist and like, what's wrong with people being racist and what are these, you know, issues and stuff like that. But it would be very um, easy not to make the comment on, homosexuality in episode one and it would be very easy to not you know paint the catholic church essentially stealing babies from unwed mothers but you know as you know reprehensible which it was and actually i remember john banville booker prize winning author john banville likes to write mysteries under the name benjamin black and he had a book named called christine falls i think and that was the subplot in that book as well just like the catholic church was terrible and it was like Looked really stealing babies out of the arms of their mothers all the time because they were like the babies were being had out of wedlock and like that's gross as shit, y'all. And I appreciate that a comfy show like Father Brown is, you know, willing to at least acknowledge that without making a huge like not making it a huge Yeah, not like it happened. This is a like two PM weekday BBC one show, so we're not gonna go too hard into it, but hey, this happened. I appreciate that much, at least. So ultimately for having zero expectations of this show when I went in, just thinking it's going to be, it's going to be another fucking Caitlin, you know, <laughs> British show. Also, what is it with pre solving mysteries? Why is that a thing? 
um, because they um, have a lot of knowledge at their fingertips. They're actually very well educated, usually. I guess. And they got a lot of time on their hands. I guess. You got Father Brown, you got Brother Cadfile. I had to look up that one, Father Dowling, the American one with the dad from Happy Days. I had to, from the late 80s, I had to go look that one up because I was like, there was another one. Um, yeah, so I don't know why that's a thing. But yeah, for having zero expectations for this show when I went in and expecting it to be so lame, it wasn't so lame. I actually, I don't know if I go so far as to say that I enjoyed it. <laughs> You know what? I, di- I, I did enjoy it. I, you know, I was multitasking as I was watching them, but uh, and some were better than others. I would agree. This is not a binge show by any means. No. This is like a you've had your dinner. There's literally nothing else on. Maybe fire it up and just feel comfortable. Listen, it is so cold outside, y'all. So cold. You want to get cozy. You want to watch a well-filmed, a well-shot Picayune depiction of you know the English countryside circa you know the 1950s. Oh, that was the other thing I liked. Uh, the Polish lady you see kind of like you know the camp where she lives. Yeah, it's like all these Polish people you know left homeless basically after the war, living in essentially like you know ammunitions where empty ammunitions warehouses, you know dorm barracks style, or I guess maybe they were actually leftover barracks. I don't know. Um, so I, I like that it acknowledges all those things. I'm giving it a seven. Ooh, a seven. Oh, you know what? Nice. Uh, happy New Year. I'll give you 7.5. <gasps> 7.5? My God. It's your first Caitlin gasp of 2018, yeah? <laughs> I don't even know I'm doing it. <laughs> I don't even know. So that uh, 7.5. is 7.5 for Father Brown. That is on your Netflix's. Um, real bummer about Sister Boniface, though. I know, like super that's, upsetting. That's a real bummer. I, I actually, we checked because we loved her so much. We're like, oh, Dave, she's got to come back. Just went like, on the IMDb. Here. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. That is, so that is ridiculous. Well, I almost feel like we should start like Twitter hashtag, like bring back Boniface. Boniface. Bring back Boniface. Yes. I'll, fuck it. I'll do it. Geek down, geek down pod will get out front early in the bring back Boniface movement. Yeah. Well, moving on to. I'm actually I'm literally writing down that Twitter hashtag. I maybe this might be my first venture into, um, into the Twitterverse. <laughs> Caitlin's gonna start a Twitter. Two followers. She doesn't care. All she cares about. <laughs> bring back Boniface. Just harassing the BBC on a daily uh... basis. <laughs> God. Moving on to one of the uh, more left of center things I think I could ever bring, Caitlin. Was it was yeah. this was this unexpected? Um, I've seen it. It sort of had popped up a couple times mm. as things maybe I'd want to watch, and I was like, I'd seen the um the trailer for it, and I wasn't really interested. So I was surprised that you were interested. Well, all I knew of it was recommendations from other people, uh, primarily Andy Greenwald, who's a co-host on a podcast I adore called The Watch. He had always been like. He talked about the plot in depth initially because of the way these shows come into the world, which I'll mention in a minute. He rattled off the uh, the plot in depth, and I was like, holy shit, that sounds kind of interesting. Um, but this usurped the Expanse's spot for my holiday binge to my, to my amazement. To my amazement. And that was the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. 
You're saying, Jordan, that sounds ridiculous. It kind of is ridiculous. But bear with me, friends. This is an eight-episode, hour-long comedy, dramatic comedy, comedic drama um, that is on Amazon Prime or Amazon Video. Um, First aired on March 17th, 2017. It stars Rachel Brosnahan as the titular Mrs. Maisel. Um, Alex Borstein, who I believe is the voice of Lois on Family Guy, as... Yes, she is. As um, her friend, what the hell's her name? Sally? Is that her name? God, I'm coming apart. Um, Susie. That's her name. Susie. Susie, yeah. Just Susie. Her friend Susie. And uh, killing it, Tony Shalhoub, television's monk. Yep. As Midge Maisel's father. Here is your plot synopsis. And as I read it off, you'll be like, that sounds like the weirdest show ever. And it kind of is, and it's kind of awesome. But anyway. It is the late 1950s, and Miriam Midge Maisel has everything she's ever wanted. The perfect husband, two kids, and an elegant apartment on New York's Upper West Side. Her seemingly idyllic life takes a surprising turn when she discovers a hidden talent she didn't previously know she had. Stand-up comedy. This revelation changes her life forever as she begins a journey that takes her from her comfortable life on the Upper West Side through the cafes and nightclubs of Greenwich Village as she makes her way through the city's comedy industry on a path that could ultimately lead her to a spot on The Tonight Show couch. Now, that is not the biggest bullet point here on why this show is surprising. Um, what is surprising is where this show comes from. Caitlin, do you, know who, do you know who created this show, Caitlin? I have no idea, but now I'm really interested. This series was created by a woman named Amy Sherman Palladino. Oh my God, really? Do you know what else Amy Sherman Palladino created, Caitlin? I sure do. What did Amy Sherman Palladino create, Caitlin? That would be the Gilmore Girls. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. How do I feel? How do I feel about the Gilmore Girls, Kate? You dislike the Gilmore Girls. Boy, do I. How do I feel about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Kate? You seem to really like it. I fucking love this show. Maybe this is the thing. Maybe I just don't mind the overwrittenness if it's coming out of the mouths of Jewish people. Maybe Possibly. It, maybe it just seems to fit more. Maybe if you take out the uber pop cultural referentiality and just replace it with Jewish kvetching. Maybe I can find that a lot more, a lot more endearing. Um, no, I had heard the plot of this show. They're basically kind of riffing on the Joan Rivers story to a certain extent. Um, yes. And basically what happens is Midge, like said in that plot synopsis has the perfect life, married this guy, Joel, who she loves. Joel leaves her for a secretary. Joel, who had, was the one who was bringing her to the clubs. Joel wanted to be the comic. Joel was bringing her to these clubs in Greenwich Village. It was part of their, you know, awesome life, you know, uptown, uptown during the uptown a day, downtown at night, um, going out, seeing all these comics. And Joel was the one with the dreams of comedic success and uh, basically gets outed as a plagiarist. Yes. He basically goes to open mics and does Bob Newhart bits. Um, and after... A, Midge finds this out, and B, Joel cheats on her and leaves her for a secretary. In a drunken stupor, Midge heads down to the Gaslight. Is that the name of the club? I think it was a real club. I think it was a real club in the village. Uh, She goes down to the Gaslight Cafe and just kind of storms the stage and just rants and basically destroys, ultimately ultimately by whipping her tits out on stage. Um, And Susie, who works the bar and does some of the booking sees this performance and is like, holy shit, I've only seen one other person kill like that 
I've only felt this way about one other person I've seen get up on that stage, and I've seen everybody get up on that stage, and you actually have it. We have to do this. So it is the story of her making her way into the world of stand-up in the late 50s. I personally believe if you were one of these people who, like, if you loved Mad Men, but you didn't really love Mad Men. Yeah. Like, I feel like there are people out there like, I love Mad Men. No, you like the dresses and the set design. Yeah. You could give a fuck about Don Draper or the, like, commentary it's making. Or you just don't want to feel stupid by admitting that you don't really like Mad Men that much. This show, I think, is giving you all of your set design, you know, 1950s costume design feels without any of the high concept, highfalutin, you know, people being awful um, that Mad Men was. Uh, This show was so comf to me. I just loved it. I think it doesn't do enough with the comedy bit and does a little too much, you know, Joel family drama type thing. But eh, it's an Amy Sherman Palladino show. It's going to do that. I love things that show me something I haven't really seen before. And this is not a story I had seen before. Uh, This woman, Rachel Brosnahan, who plays Midge, who I think was only known previously for playing uh, a, the the prostitute that Doug Stamper gets fixated on, on house of cards. Um, I don't Uh. think anybody knew she had this in her, but she just, just, she's, she, she's a revelation. She's unbelievable in this role. Midge is such a fun character and like I fell in love with her immediately and it's super Jewish (laughs) as far as like representing that culture and like what family life is like for them. But yeah, I've rambled long enough. I was totally taken with this show and could not wait to just watch more of it. But at the same time, didn't want to finish it because I didn't want to wait another year for more of it anyway. Oh my God. I love a show from the woman who made Gilmore girls. Caitlin McKinnon. How did you feel about this show? Complicated. Complicated? Yeah. (laughs) I didn't think it was very funny. For a show about comedy, it was not very funny. Oh, sorry? (laughs) I'm just letting your wrongness sit. Oh, I thought I (laughs) heard a blip. (laughs) No. Um, Yeah, I didn't laugh at all. Susie was probably my favorite character. Though I loved the dad. I loved her dad. Um, Her dad I didn't is fantastic. particularly like she was fine. She was a little bit of like a a Mary Sue in some ways, and there were things that I was yeah. In like, as much as she's good at everything that she tries, yeah. And and like also, there was sometimes where she's like, "Oh, I didn't know about this thing," and I was like, "Really?" Like she just seemed very. I mean, I guess that's kind of. I think she, she just was. seemed too. But I think she was. I feel felt like the character was too smart to not know about certain things, mm. um, and I don't know. I, I'm now saying all that. I watched the entire thing. Oh, did you? Like, okay, because I, I was gonna say. Was yeah, because like there, there are points I could bring up, but I don't know if you've seen it. I've totally gone like through it all, and it was really quick. And I I enjoyed it while I was watching it, and I wanted to know what happened. Um, yeah, I. There were yeah, I love the fact that she's like a totally negligent mother, like does not Seriously? want to be a mom, like, <laughs> like never kids. takes care of her kids. Um and I love the sort of the 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 two worlds clashing of her very like secure family bubble 
mm. of a life, right? Um, to this other sort of really <laughs> kind of seedy, uh, gross, drunken other New York. Um, probably one of my favorite parts was when she went to go see, um, oh, I can't remember, the, the other comedian, um, the actor, they looked, but she's, you find out she's actually like very wealthy and kind of insane. Oh, yes. I don't know if it's based on an actual, uh, actual person, but yeah, Jane Lynch plays this character. Jane, Jane her, Lynch, yeah. Jane, the goddess Jane Lynch, uh, who is her stage persona is a very like, you know, Bronx housewife type of thing when she herself is like super upper west side, super rich servants, like doesn't eat. You know, the compl- she has a, what would you call the blue room? The blue room. Yes. The blue is the blue room blue enough today. Like just a wacky, like I just love it. And I really loved the relationship between uh, Susie and Midge and how that changes. Yeah, I liked all the um, moments where, like, you know, <laughs> Susie wants to, like, essentially, you know, use her as a meal ticket, but not get involved with her, like, know anything about her life or, like, get involved with her. Yeah. Like, we are not friends. And when Midge basically, the scene where Midge, it's later in this season, where Midge basically just, like, chews her out as, like, you're going to have to deal with this, too. Like, yeah. We're friends. I'm sorry. <laughs> but we're friends. Yeah, and if you want to be my manager, there are some things I'm going to need you to do, like listen to me complain about my kids and my husband. Mm. Um, sometimes I found her like too New York Jewish, if that makes any sense. Like it was. It can be a lot. Well, no, it's not even familiarity with the culture. It's just very like caricature-ish, mm. right? Like there were moments where it was like she's like schwitzing about the rabbi. Like it just, it was like, uh huh, yeah, no, I get it. That's fine. Um, and like the, the mother of the, the husband is very much like oh, she's, a, she's a caricature. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it can be a lot sometimes. I do love the two fathers. I think those were like unbelievable standout performances. Um, the husband, honestly, if he was just gone, from, like he, the, the actor, Joel. like, but if Joel could just like fuck off now, that'd be great. Like, oh, but he's not going to. I know, which is too bad. And like <laughs> at the end, I thought it was really interesting where he was so upset and resentful and angry about her being on stage, but then at the same time, like wanted to defend her honor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like this weird toxic masculinity, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. like, like oh, it was very interesting. So end of end of the season. Um, Mitch has basically ruined her career prospects because she uh, basically exposed the Jane Lynch character for being a fraud. Um, and, and just totally insane. Yeah. And, and that gets out and she's like some powerful agent blacklists are everywhere. So in one, you know, last attempt, um, they call in a favor from Lenny Bruce, who they know. Yes. Lenny Bruce, actual, actual, comedian from the fifties, controversial comedian from the fifties, uh, get him down to basically do a set for free, but have him have her open for him. And as she's performing again, doing this, like she's, she has a solid 10. She's got some pre-written material, but she also riffs a lot on just whatever's been going on in her life. And Joel finally figures out that she's been 
you know, doing stand-up when this was supposed to be his dream, you know, whatever. And after he tries to, like, flex on Susie and Susie chews him out, he witnesses some dude heckling his ex-wife. You know, women are funny, get back in the kitchen, blah, 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 typical type thing. And then, yeah, like Caitlin said, he's even though he's hurt and confused or whatever, he still <laughs> decks this guy in the street because, as he says, she's really fucking good. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting second season to see how that evolves. Um, the whole- fact she's like, the fact she's just like totally abandoned her kids. <laughs> like, she's like you ne- like she's never she never sees them. What do they um, think she's doing every night? Like, and the thread about the dad figuring out or you know discovering that she's got an arrest that she's got a criminal record now. Yeah. For her, like you know, obscenity arrests is like that just got dropped. Like he knows, but he never said anything to her yet. Like, um, yeah. And, and yeah, so it's a really interesting, weird mix of stuff. And I, and I did find it interesting. I just, I was kind of sad because I wanted the comedy to be like really sharp and funny. Um, and I just didn't find it that way. I don't, I don't know. I just was like, this is not very funny for a show, but comedy. Um, there were parts in the show that were humorous, but the stand-up itself. I think the comedy not. itself it was true to the time, like which I know comedies evolved a lot. Like the Bob Newhart bit that Joel and you see a couple other people rip off is like trotted out as like it must be the funniest thing, the comedic sensation of 1958 or whatever. But you listen to it and you're like, oh, it's not. That's not that funny. Like, yeah. But that's what was funny then, and I mean, maybe coming from a time. Like now, where you know we are in the stand-up, maybe coming to the tail end of the stand-up golden age, but like where we've had a stand-up comedy golden age for a while. You know, Netflix is buttering its bread on stand-up specials. Yeah, a new one goes up every day at this point, basically. And shouts to those Chappelle specials. We'll talk about those another day, but I watch those. So yeah, the stand-up part maybe is not the actual stand-up is not going to be as funny when you're talking about reefer and yeah, you know, but. But no, learning about, like like you said, the, I wanted to know more about the history. I wanted to know more about the people who were involved at the time and, like, these, like, underground records and stuff. I thought were just, that was so cool. And all of that was really interesting. Yeah, I just, like I said at the top, I just, I will give such a wide pass to something that shows me a world or tells me a story I hadn't seen before. And I know there's a, there was a documentary. There is a documentary on Joan Rivers that maybe I need to go back and watch because I remember Joan Rivers as like, you know, the awful person who just, you know, made fun of people's outfits on fashion police. You know, you forget that like this was her life. Basically she was a woman trying to make it in the, in stand up and succeeded. And like, you know, before they had a falling out, Carson basically like anointed her which was a huge, yeah. a huge deal. So, I mean, that's a story worth, worth telling and worth hearing and worth discovering. And this show's maybe not doing it perfectly. I would prefer more comedy, less Joel, less, less family stuff, less department store working. Um, even though, you know, it's a beautiful looking store and I like the outfits and I like the one, the one dumb girl who's always falling in love with the first person she sees. Um, yes. And so, yeah, I just, it's not, perfect it's not going to make my you know top 10 of the year but just it was it was unexpected to me and i was super excited to have a discussion about it because i think it's also kind of a sleeper i don't know that 
like, I think the Golden Globes are tonight as we're recording this, and Rachel Brosnahan might be nominated for a Golden Globe for she, this performance. She is nominated. And she might win. So, like, there's a good chance she could win. And if she does, that's going to turn a lot of eyeballs onto this, which is the sort of thing uh, Netflix is willing to, or Amazon, I'm sure, is willing to buy. <laughs> Yes. From the awards giving community and the Golden Globes traditionally try kind of like to be out front and like anoint people early. So that'll be interesting. I think it's like, yeah, I do. I think it's a show that's like on the cusp and like people are going to be coming to it more in the next couple months than maybe they have before. So I just was really excited to see what you thought. There you go. Um, so uh, for cake punches, yes, I'm going to say it's it's a eight. <laughs> you tease well I was gonna say like I was also gonna say like 7.5 but I did watch like all of it right in a row like I didn't stop I kept on being like oh yeah I'm just I'm gonna watch like the first episode and then I can watch the other two tomorrow and then I was like mm, no I'm gonna watch the second episode for sure and then it was like well I might as well watch the third one while I'm here and then it was like six episodes later right like so, you know, it had that grab. There was a lot there. Um, the characters were great. Um, I just, there are certain times when I was like, I wanted it to be funnier because it was a show about comedy. But really, it's like a, it's a drama about this person getting into comedy in the 1950s, um, which is a different beast altogether. And the com- the comedy is very of the time, which now that you listen to it is not, you know, I'm not going to be clutching my sides as you say <laughs> well they talk about reefer right like it's not gonna happen and i mean the one i do agree that she can be very mary Sueish because she is you know she gets a job and she's amazing at it immediately she tries stand up she's amazing at it she does bomb you do see her utterly fail at one moment or a couple moments and she's totally and it's not a good look for her as a character because she's immediately like fucking i don't want to do this like yeah. I didn't know it was going to feel like that. And the conflict with Susie as Susie tries to like explain to her, like you're going to bomb a lot. Like that's what, that's what happens. <laughs> and there was a montage where you see her like finessing some of her bits, which I really montage. montage. I really like that where she's telling a joke one way and it gets kind of a laugh. And then she kind of like tightens it up a bit and gets a bigger laugh. Like I enjoyed the bits like that. Anyway, eight from Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah. That is sitting on Amazon. If you are on that Prime, it's ready and waiting for you. If you're not on that Prime, get your life jacket. Head out to sea. Yeah, head out to sea. See what you can get find. Get a little boat, a <laughs> little tugboat. Tug it on back to shore. And that okay. is our first episode of 2018. That's our first episode of 2018. So that means we're going to get out of here. I got some persona to play. Caitlin's got, like, um, I don't know, double over in pain. It's true, but we have to, you can't forget, we have all our socials. We do have all our socials. If you would like to yell at us and be like, I spent $600 on this bottle of Moet for your 100th episode <laughs> and I wasted it, there are a few ways you can let us know that. First and foremost, Twitter, at Geetown Pod, Instagram, show us the empty bottle. Tag us in a photo of your empty bottle of Moet. Yeah. Also at Geek Down Pod, we have a email account, geekdownpod at gmail.com. Recently, oh, Kira. Kira. 
God bless your heart. If you saw the, if you saw the fan art, your holiday w- wishes from uh, from Sir Chauncey Frostilicus, that was delivered to us from number one geek down fan, Australia's own, the lovely Kira. God, we adore her so much. And we also have a Facebook group, which is at. Oh God, she was drinking. I was I was trying to. I was I have a bit of a fever, so I'm you know oh God, sweating buckets. Let's, let's wrap this up. Facebook. Um, Facebook, which is at www.facebook.com forward slash geek down pod. Best way to get a hold of Caitlin when she's not, you know, doubled over in, in a fever coma. If you would like to support this endeavor financially, you can learn how to do that on our Patreon campaign, which is at patreon.com slash geek down pod. I've been lacking. I acknowledge that shaking off the holiday fuzz been a little more difficult than usual but we got you a geek down playlist this week patrons we will get you show notes and as an apology of sorts for letting y'all down and not delivering your episode 100 in a timely fashion i believe the uh, the first D episode from our bonus episodes i will throw up uh on soundcloud for everyone to partake in i figure it's been long enough i think so we can i think so can let that out let that out into the universe. Hey, listen to that. If you're like, this is amazing. Maybe that will inspire you to, uh, you know, toss us a few shekels for the... That would be nice. That would be nice because we're trying to get a mixer. And somebody might have to take more time off than, than is needed. It's true. So, on that note, we apologize again for not giving the episode 100. We hope hangs with your new BFFs are sufficient in the short term. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure they're fine. You're fine. You'll be, fine. you'll be fine. Episode 100 will come. It will come before Kingdom Hearts does. Really, what more do you need? I'm going to go play Persona. <laughs> Caitlin's going to go have a nap. We will be back That's with true. you next week, friends. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. Theme songs by Rob Gasser, and all of us will be back here next week. Probably in person. Possibly for episode 100. Eh, we'll figure it out then. But it'll be an episode. Fingers crossed. But it will be an episode of the Geek Down Podcast. Bye! Bye!